0: Iowa blows its chance at a division title and a chance at redemption in the Big Ten championship game as they fall to Nebraska. What does this mean for the future of Iowa football? We take a look at that. And Iowa basketball, it wasn't very good there either as they escape against Clemson and then get out physical against TCU. A rough weekend. We react here. This is Locked on Hawkeyes. Our Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Welcome into Lockdown Hawkeyes. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts, and you can also see us on YouTube. Just search Lockdown Hawkeyes, and while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. As Iowa falls on Black Friday to Nebraska, 24-17, a game that obviously was incredibly frustrating. We break that down. We take a look to the future of Iowa football. What does this 7-5 and five season mean? obviously an offense that was absolutely putrid throughout the season. The ugliness showed up once again, an awful game plan from Brian Ferentz. We'll talk about that in the future and also talk some basketball as Iowa takes their first loss of the season, this one to TCU in a game where they were just out physicald throughout the basketball game and they fall to the Horn Frogs. All coming up today. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen today. Let's get into it And in what was an incredibly, frustrating Friday afternoon into the evening in the 24-17 loss to Nebraska. You know, this was really a microcosm of of this football season, and Every time that we saw some positive momentum, you see these positive steps that it felt like the program was taking, that this team was taking, the four wins in a row. Yeah, it wasn't against great competition. You look at Minnesota, Wisconsin, Purdue, who will now play in the Big Ten championship game and Northwestern. None of these are great teams. These are your brethren in the Big Ten West that'll be going away after next season. But the way that this game played out, that was not Iowa football. Now, that is not the way that this Iowa football team is built. That is not the way, even with their shortcomings this year that you anticipate they're going to play and to lose in that fashion was where a huge, huge aspect. I think of the frustration comes with this squad. So let's get into it here. Iowa, obviously early on in the football game, didn't have a whole lot of energy, you know, and that was, that was so crazy to see. Now, that is what Iowa football is, right? They're not a team that's going to be coming out flying high. They're not a team that does that. It is even keel. That's why they're able to pull themselves out of the muck when things are not going well, either week to week or season to season. That is what they do. It's the NFL mentality that Kirk Ferentz brought with him to college football. And that's why this program never gets too high, never gets too low. They just keep going to work. And it led to a four game winning streak. But on Friday, they were not ready to go from the jump. It was a team that was out there physically manhandling. You start really with the first plays of the day. So Iowa gets the football, and what do they do after the opening kickoff? They start things off, and they go a little tricky. They're backed up at the 14 after just a, a terrible decision by Gavin Williams to return the ball. Why he continues to be back there at kick return is one of the head-scratching uh, moments of this football season that we'll look back upon. He just doesn't have the wiggle to be an, an outstanding kick returner. I think there are a lot better guys on the roster, but that aside, he brings it out to the 14-yard line. They go jet sweep. That has nothing. Next play, step back to pass, incompletion, third and 10, and you know that's dead for Iowa, and it was incomplete. So a three and out. And you have uh, tacked off a good 43 seconds off the clock. and Not exactly where Iowa football wants to go. So what does Nebraska do? Well, this is what Nebraska has really done throughout this season. They moved the ball right down the field. They have been good early this season. And that's one thing we talked about last week in the breakdown of this game is Nebraska's ability early in football games to move the football. That has been really their best recipe throughout the season is what they've done early in football games. They moved down miss field goal, all right, feeling good. And then right back to the well again. Petrus steps back to pass. You get a little something going. Where was the run game? You know that Nebraska, yes, I was not great running the football this year. We, we understand this. This team is not great running the football. The offensive line has been an absolute sieve throughout this season. Yet against Nebraska, this is one of the teams, much like Purdue, that you looked at and said, we can run the football against them. And what are they doing? They're not running the football. It was a brutal game plan by Brian Ferentz. One of many throughout this football season. And they just look completely inept turning the football over. Iowa can't afford that. They turned it over a bunch in this football game from the interceptions that we saw to the fumbles that they had. It was one thing after another with this team. It looks so unlike the team that we've seen over the last month and they find themselves down at the half. It's 17-0. And then again, another fumble, this time on a punt return. Cooper DeGene going out, that was huge. I mean, how impactful that was. Not only what he means defensively to this team, but without him, you yeah, T.J. Hall that went in there. He is your fifth-string cornerback. Coming into the year, it was, we thought Terry Roberts was going to be out there. Of course, Riley Boss, We saw the emergence of Cooper DeGene. But injuries had knocked it down to a new true freshman out there. And they abused him. And this is what we saw Jeff Brom do in the past. When he finds a matchup that works, he continues to go to the well. And Trey Palmer, he was open. And it didn't matter if it was Jamison Hines. It didn't matter if it was TJ Hall. They kept going that way. Phil Parker doesn't change. We saw it be a problem a year ago against Purdue with David Bell. And we saw it show up again here. His unwillingness to adapt, to change, to try to do different things when there is a corner being picked on, and he get picked apart. Down 24-0. Now, the Iowa team didn't quit. And that's one, the one positive we can say about this, because there's not a lot of positive to take away from this. So you're playing for a division championship to lose to a bad Nebraska team. It's embarrassing. It really is. This is an embarrassing loss. And you know, remember back when Bo Pelini was fired and John Eichert, who was the athletic director at the time, he was asked, you know, he won the game against Iowa. He said, we had to evaluate where Iowa was as a program. And I know a lot of Hawkeye fans, Took that as a slight, as a negative, and you probably should. The same thing goes here, though. And with Gary Barda, if we ever hear from him, and if he's ever willing to talk to the press, which is a rarity in its own self, but if he is ever really willing to take hard questions, not pre-can things, I put in interview requests on the side uh, on my radio show, and Every time that we put in that request, we're given, well, what are the questions that are going to be asked? That's not how I do things. I I don't give pre-planned questions to anybody that I interview, and I never will. It is not the way that things are done. It's not the way things should be done. And because of that, Gary Barta doesn't join our radio show, which is fine. He doesn't have to. Well, there's nothing saying so he has to do that or he has to come out here to the podcast. That's fine. If he doesn't want to answer the questions or if he wants the questions to be put in front of him beforehand so he can come up with a canned response that doesn't tell us anything, all well and good. But whenever we do hear from Gary Barnett, the, of course, superior to our offensive coordinator because of this asinine thing that the Ferentz has decided to put together and handing a job that Brian Ferentz had no business getting being the offensive coordinator at a big 10 institution in order to do this. This is what they came up with to get around nepotism rules. And here we are a guy that should absolutely be fired. And they're not going to do anything about it. Gary Barda is not going to do anything about it. And is Kirk going to do anything about it? The frustration is I don't believe so. They're going to say, Every bowl game's a good bowl game. We went 7-5. and Hey, we had a four-game winning streak in there. Oh, by the way, we won double-digit games last year. I don't know if you know that. Of course, that was the comeback after the devastating loss to Illinois earlier this season. Just on and on and on. It's going to be the same thing week in and week out. Frustrations in a big-time level. I even forgot where I was. Where was I going with this? I have no idea. Frustrated is where it is. Oh, yes. Evaluation. That is what Gary Barta should say. And when changes are needed, they are absolutely needed with this offensive system that Iowa is running. You can still be physical and adapt and change with the times. Zone blocking, the way it is run by Kirk Ferentz is dead. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at the level that it once did. Is he willing to adapt? Is he willing to change? Is he willing to take the handcuffs off whoever is running the offense? That is to be seen. But in order for Iowa to get back to a high level, to Iowa to get to a level with a great defense and great special teams and take those next steps as a program, he has to be willing to adapt and change. I don't think that's going to happen. We're going to talk big picture here. Iowa, Gary Barta, you need to evaluate where Nebraska was as a program. That was a bad football team. And your team at home with the division championship on the line got absolutely run out of the building by a bad Cornhusker team. That's an embarrassment. Are you willing to do anything? Are you really willing to go out there? And, yes, it's about going out and having a tough conversation with somebody that you respect. It's about having. But that's the job. That's what the job is as an athletic director. You have to have these tough conversations because, Kirk, is he willing to look in the mirror and really look at this program and say, what do we need to do? Am I willing to do it? It doesn't feel like that's the case right now. We'll talk about the future as we continue here. This is Locked on Hawkeyes. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. Cutting back. Maybe driving around might be the gas or when you go to the grocery store, trying to find different ways to make ends meet, driving less, dining out less, buying less at the grocery store, nothing fun about less. That's why I started using upside upside. It's a great app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. That's all of us with upside. I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase it is a great app so easy to use simple i love that part of it don't have to worry about haggling going in and doing a bunch of things very very simple of what you can do gas groceries dining out they have it all with the upside app to get started download the free upside app use my promo code locked you'll get ten five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more next claim an offer or whatever you're buying on upside upside check-in at the business and then you just pay as usual with your credit card your debit card and you get paid in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs you can earn three times more cash back with upside upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week that's why they have a 4.8 star rating on the app store download the free upside app Use promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is also brought to you by LinkedIn. Big thank you as always. To LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team and does it faster. Very simple. Just go on to the website to LinkedIn, add your job. The purple hiring frame on your profile, that spreads the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools, screening questions, make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trent of back with you here on the podcast today. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. You got the Apple. You got the Google. You got them all. Stitcher, that was one that I've used for a very long time. We are across all those. And also you can see my ugly mug on YouTube. And when I have LaShawn coming in, Jace coming in. We have different people uh, coming in talking. We also have them here on the video side of things on YouTube. While you're there, hit subscribe. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. As we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, a look to the future and what this is going to be. And yeah, I went a little bit of a tirade there. And the frustrations of Friday start, certainly bubbled back to the surface. So I was uh, out of state for Thanksgiving. Went and visited my sister who lives in Cleveland. And... My sister lives there with her fiance. He's got a new baby. It was all great. Got to hang out with my new nephew, Vinny, and do all the fun baby things and check out Cleveland. Went to the Christmas Story house. I mean, that, that was really cool and did a bunch of things around town. But my future brother-in-law, he's an Ohio State grad. So it was all about Saturday for him. For me, it was all about Friday. And so they made it very good and made, made sure to be able to watch the game and don't have to worry about that. We didn't have a bunch of things going on with the family. So it was great. Until the game, obviously, was happening, and that was not so great. You look to the future. You know what this is going to be. Kirk has made tough choices before. You, you go back just, what, five, six years ago when he fired a couple of members of the staff. There was a the recruiting incident that happened with the Texas guys, with Gavin Holmes. Uh, the kid went out, Bo, Bo Corrales, and of course, you know, Benjamin was the most well-known. And things were falling apart there, and he made the decision to get a cup, rid of a couple of guys. But this is different. This is his flesh and blood. Brian Ferentz has not done a good job, and and there's no two ways about it. Yes, we can point to the Ohio State game and Woodshed and how great that was and and that incredible Saturday night in Kinnick Stadium. It was so much fun and just, just a different feeling than anything that we've had. The USC Bowl game and the Holiday Bowl and the way just the team dominated in that one and how great that felt to get that victory. Those were all well and good, but the numbers are in. As the regular season comes to a close, and Brian Ferentz's offense finished 130th in the country, 255 yards a game. Rushing offense, 122nd. Passing offense, 122nd. Pass efficiency, 122nd. Scoring offense, 123rd. It's bad. Blame the offensive line. Blame the quarterback. Blame injuries and development at the wide receiver position. There's a lot of blame to go around, but ultimately it comes back to one guy, and that's a guy coordinating things. Ken O'Keefe, plenty of detractors. Greg Davis, same thing. But it's never been as bad as we've seen now over the six years of Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator and cratered this year. But it's never been good. Go back to just four years ago. They had three NFL starters. Guys that have started in the NFL on their offensive line. They couldn't run the football. They were 80 eighth, I believe, that season, if memory serves, running with three NFL starting offensive linemen. You had Tristan Wirfs, you had Alaric Jackson, you had Tyler Linderbaum, and even that season, they couldn't do it. For every great one you have, you have a terrible one. And this was a terrible game plan by Brian Brian Ferentz. Run the football. Run the ball. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't come up with the most simple equation in order to beat a bad Nebraska team. That's on Brian. But is Quirk willing to do that? Is Gary Barda, his superior, the athletic director, willing to do that? I just don't think so. And and that's where we are, and that's where the frustration is. And, and that's where I continue to have this conversation with Hawkeye fans and my tailgate group and, you know, the text messages are going back and forth. And you're thinking about the excitement and what could be and the possibility of of something changing, something being different. Because, with different offensive coordinators, it has been different. It has looked different. And it's been a lot better than the crap sandwich we've been handed over the last six years. But is Kirk willing to tell his son it's over? Is Gary Barta going to officially pull the switch and say, no, we have to move on? I just don't think so. I don't think that they have the ability to do that. They're just too much glad-handing. There's there's too much respect that Kirk has built, and because of that, and he certainly deserves the respect that he has built throughout his 24 years as the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes, but that's where we are. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. man. And I would love to be dead wrong on this one. Oh, I would love it. If all of a sudden we get the word, even this week, hey, you missed on this one. And they're moving on, and Brian's moving on to another destination, another coaching job, wherever that may be being an assistant coach at the NFL level, quality control, whatever it is, I don't care. Prove me wrong. But until we see it, I just can't envision it happening. 130th in the country in total offense at Iowa. It's never been great in the Ferentz era, but it's never been as bad as this. And not just one year, back-to-back brutal season, six years of ineptitude. How much more time does a guy get? This isn't to say Brian Ferentz doesn't know football. He obviously knows football. But it's something different between knowing football and being able to coach a position and what we have seen at this point. He can't get it done. That's where we are. Well, as bad as football was, basketball was pretty bad too escape against clemson one of the weirdest endings to a basketball game as you have the commentators at cbs sports network trying to change a call that the officials had right the guys can't tell time what in god's name's going on and then to bounce back after that one and they escape against a pretty average clemson team and get run out of the building by tcu a tcu team that had lost in northwestern state and we know northwestern state but still to lose like that and be out physical we got some basketball to talk about that's as we continue here this is locked on hawkeyes today's episode of locked on hawkeyes is brought to you by nissan This week's thrilling moment in college football brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think about unbelievable abilities on the field this week's thrilling moment, uh, we got to go once again to our man. Caleb Johnson, the touchdown run as Iowa got on the board and gave us a glimmer there at the end of the third quarter. In fact, that was the middle of the third quarter as he rips off a 44-yard touchdown. It's 24-7 to after that. Iowa down 24, makes the decision not to go for two. That's another conversation they got back in it. Had a chance, obviously, with the football late in the game, but uh, that one at least gave us a little bit of hope. Caleb Johnson, he gets it again. And the 44-yard touchdown run as Iowa, yeah, they could run the ball. Just didn't do enough in the loss to Nebraska. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in an all new frontier Armada or Pathfinder today available now at NissanUSA.com. I'm Trent Condon with you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your force listen. So as we go through and uh, as you can tell, little bit if you're watching on youtube right now a little under the weather a lot of travel weather changing oh boy man, i got a runny nose we'll battle through we'll persevere we're gonna be all right but uh did not put me in a good mood watching that iowa basketball performance over the last couple of nights starting on friday as they escape against clemson and then saturday a uh, run out of the building against tcu so first the clemson game as mentioned as an average Clemson team, you know, they'll be middle of the pack. They might be a bubble team in the ACC. That's all they were. They had a couple of nice pieces. But another rough performance out there by Chris Murray. We saw that back-to-back nights. Yeah, Murray had a double-double, 10-12 double, and 12 against Clemson, but did not shoot the ball well as a team. He shoots 4-17. As a team, Iowa struggled shooting the basketball on both nights, including against Clemson. They're 4-19 and from three-point range. They escape. They get it done. The, the play, though, that still is just absolutely baffling is you got uh, Lapis, right? He he was the commentator there from CBS Sports Network. And the play by Robroches, he gets a shot off and and banks it in right as the buzzer goes off, the shot clock. And and he can't understand that, yes, though, there were three seconds on the shot clock. When you inbound the ball, it doesn't automatically go to two. There could have been 3.8 seconds on the shot clock. It it takes a second to tick off. it was simple math. And then you have commentators trying to change the play that the officials had right. That's one of the most baffling things I've ever seen. Now, Iowa gets it done. They get out of there. They get the win. Okay, all well and good. And then Saturday night comes against TCU. Tight game early on, back and forth. But again, Iowa doesn't shoot it well. I don't know if they're using those same crappy balls that they're using the NCAA tournament. I don't know what the excuse was in this one. 3-17 of 17 from deep. And they're run out of the building, and they are just out physical in this one. Another frustration about this is, I didn't think this was going to be over. But it felt like this team had a chance to be different. That the games that they were going to be manhandled, and there's been plenty of them in the McCaffrey era, that this team had a different kind of toughness quotient to them. That didn't show up on Saturday night. It's just one game. Not going to overreact to one loss, but that was a bad one. Not losing to TCU. Remember, this is a preseason Top 15 TCU team. And Mike Miles, he was not available in that Northwestern State game. Well, they're right. You saw them last year. If you watched them towards the end, you know they went toe-to-toe with Kansas a bunch of different times. team that won the national championship. They had Arizona on the ropes in the round of 32. This is a good team. They basically returned to everybody. And Jamie Dixon is a great basketball coach. But in that way, to a team that had some of the limitations that they did to just get abused on the boards, the way that they did, 37 25. It didn't even feel that close. 13 offensive rebounds from TCU. And you got to get this figured out in a hurry. Now it's Tuesday night against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's not very good. Clemson, they were you know, kind of an average a- ish ACC team. Georgia Tech's a bad one. You know, this one at home, you should absolutely club them, get everything right. But you got to get it figured out because after that, it steps up in a big time way. You got a week off before you take on Duke. In Madison Square Garden, that's a week from Tuesday on December 6th. Then, two days later, back home at Carver with Iowa State, you saw what they did beating Villanova in North Carolina out at PK-85 and uh, getting the victories there, Falling the championship game to UConn. But you know Iowa State, they're going to guard you. They're going to be physical. And what we saw against TCU, that's kind of a scary proposition. And then after that, of course, is Wisconsin, a team that's not very talented, this Badger team, in terms of raw talent that they've had, maybe the passing look back, certainly in the Bo Ryan era and into what they are now, this is not one of their more talented squads, but they're going to grind you. And that has been a problem for Iowa Bunch in the McCaffrey era. That's what is on tap here over the next couple of weeks. Can he get to 3-1? and one? Can he get through this stretch 3-1? and one? You do that, I think you're feeling good. You're feeling good. Even if you take a loss to Duke, You win the other two games. You beat Iowa State and Wisconsin at home. You're feeling good. Then you got a couple of easy ones, a couple of layups before you get back into Big Ten conference play. It'll be Southeast Missouri State and Eastern Illinois before the end of December. And we get back to the full slate then. 19 games remaining after the Wisconsin game in the Big Ten. Frustrating night. Thought maybe this was going to be different. Certainly didn't look different when things got tough. Iowa was not able to come up with the shots, not to come up with the plays, and that's where we are. Chris Murray, another double-double, but did not shoot the ball well in that second game against TCU. He was 4-17 in the first game, 4-14 in the second game. You saw Tony Perkins limited at times you know, with that ailment that he's going through, leg injury, trying to battle his way back out of it. He finished with 15 points, but no assists. In the game for your starting point guard. And Ulysses has done some good things. That's I guess the bright spot of this one. We saw some moments out of DeSante Bowen, as deep as I was been at the point guard position in a really long time, but gonna need more. Sanford, he's got to figure it out. He's they need him as a shooter on the outside. And if he's not shooting it, it's a big time problem. Speaking of problems against TCU, Patrick McCaffrey, a no show. No points, no rebounds, no assists, a goose eggs a steal, block, zeros everywhere. To get a foul, it was 0-5. Can't have that. He is too talented to have an 0 all the way across the board. Connor didn't have any shots. It was one of those nights, and they couldn't figure it out. And, you know, they got into, what, back within four, I think, at one point, and then TCU just answered and responded. And it's one night. Don't overreact, but some of the concerns maybe we had coming into the season about this team, you know, and the questions. Can this be more than just a team gets into the tournament, maybe wins a game. Could they be more? There was hope after the Seton Hall game. Now, looking at it, not so sure. Seton Hall, in fact, over the weekend, they themselves didn't have uh, a real strong performance. The Seton Hall, uh, they got beat, who was it that they lost to over the weekend? Oh yeah, got beat by Siena in their tournament that they're playing in. Won their first game against Memphis, lost to Oklahoma, and then dropped in the third place game to Siena rough one uh, in that one. So that's what we have with Iowa basketball. Get right against Georgia Tech. We'll be back with you after that one on Tuesday night with an instant reaction podcast. But a tough one, guys and ladies. It was uh, a bad, bad weekend. The Iowa women, they fall to UConn. You know, it stretches that game played as well as defensively. We've seen maybe a Lisa Bluter team play. But ultimately, too much UConn in the end as they get the victory there on the women's side of things. Of course, a big one with Iowa and Iowa State on the women's side also coming up here in a couple of weeks. It's a busy time. The regular season comes to a close. We'll talk about the bowl game wherever Iowa ends up. Maybe it's the Mayo Bowl. Oh, boy. Uh, It could be uh, possibly maybe Nashville, which is fun. But after the way this season ended, it's going to be interesting to see how Hawkeye fans travel to watch this football team after what we saw and what was in front of them, and just let it slide. Hey, I want to tell you before we get out of here today also about a great podcast for you after listening, of course, to your first listen, the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest sport stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts we'll get positive we'll go in the right direction we'll try to find some positivity maybe in the future days and weeks ahead but this one a frustrating one after a long weekend and a lot of head-scratching moments, both football and basketball-wise. We'll be back with you all throughout the week here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. LaShawn will stop by. We'll break things down, what he saw with the X's and O's perspective. Jason will also stop in. We got a lot going on there and an instant reaction after Iowa-Georgia Tech on Tuesday night. That's all coming up here this week. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and go Hawks.